0: Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church and Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information about Five Stones Church, visit us online at fivestonesga.com. The exhortation that Pastor gave. You know, I used to, as a child, you'd see the train coming down the track and you would be like, oh, it's never going to go by so that we can pass over the train tracks. And I learned as a small child that if I would look for the red caboose, That was the sign, and I would look and see it coming, and I knew it was going to pass us, and we were going to be able to be on our way, and I thought about that this morning when we were doing the songs that Pastor Tyler did with us this morning. It was a setup for what God wants to do for us today, and then when Pastor came up and said he wanted to do Get Up Out of the Grave, I was like, okay, This is confirmation, Lord, that you want to speak this word to your people this morning. So I want to say, first of all, thank you for honoring me this morning. It is a blessing and an opportunity that God has given me to be able to be a pastor's wife to pastor. I thank God that he called us to do it. It's not an easy thing to do. But it's the most rewarding and fulfilling thing on this side of heaven that God could have called us to do. And I thank him for that opportunity this morning. And thank you for your love and support. I don't know how many of you have texted me and this morning caught me before service and said, Hey, I've been praying for you for this morning. And I appreciate that. I feel your prayers and I feel your support. And you don't know what that means to me. It means so much. But I wanted to start this morning by saying that we're going to talk about, and I, don't, I do not pretend to be a preacher, so I'm going to get that out of the way up front. I'm a teacher, very much so. So the Lord laid this on my heart. He said, you've got to talk about dancing in the dark place. And so as I began to study and prepare and lay out the scriptures that went with it, he changed it up a little bit. He said, say this as your theme today. I'm done dancing in my dark place. So that song, Get Up Out of the Grave, the ones of you that were singing it, that your feelings haven't aligned up with that confession, I believe that before you leave this place this morning that you're going to find that you are in alignment God's going to give you a word this morning that you can take with you. It will be deposited so deeply within you that it will make a difference in your life. I don't believe a one of you that walked in here today that desires God to minister to you will leave the same way you came today. God's word tells us that his word does not return void. That it accomplishes everything that he sets out for it to accomplish. And I believe that this morning. But I want us to pray this morning so that we will open our spiritual ears and our hearts to receive the word that God has for us this morning. This is not a coincidence that you're here this morning. You could have gone to any other church. You passed them on your way over But I'm thankful that you are in a place this morning that is an environment so that you can be changed and that your life can be set free from the things that may have held you bondage for some time now. Father, I pray over your people this morning. I ask you, dear Father, to open our hearts and open our ears that we might receive everything that you have for us today. Father, you've given us words today, Lord, in your Bible that is truth And, Lord, it will be applied as a healing balm upon the hearts of your people today. May we be changed, may we be delivered, and may we be set free by the power of your name. And we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want you to repeat something with me. I'm going to be a little bit, I want some participation this morning. It's not anything embarrassing, but I'm going to want you to repeat with me three times. Get ready. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That is preparation. You're cultivating the soil so that the seed can fall in and take root. And I just want us to know this morning that God is in control. No matter, just like the the song Waymaker says, no matter if we can see it or we can feel it, He's always at work in our lives. And I just want to say this morning that I am here to tell you, and you will agree, I'm sure, that some days are hard and difficult, some seasons can take their toll on us, Some failures leave us with very deep damage, and suffering can feel unbearable. So that's what God wanted me to lay out to you this morning. I'm going to give you today a message that you can receive a revelation of His truth so you can be free from the bondage of living in your dark place. I don't think there's a one of you here that has not experienced it. Either you've been through it. You're currently going through it or you will go through it because that's just a part of life. So we're going to equip you this morning with the steps that you can take so that you won't have to stay there. So that you can dance out of your dark place. So I want you to turn first of all in the word. I'm going to be giving you nudge your neighbor and say she's going to give me a lot of word this morning. I want you to turn to Psalm 121. And we're going to read that chapter together. It's eight verses. If you'll follow along this morning, Psalm 121. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but it's going to lay the groundwork this morning for this message. Starting in verse 1, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Can you say yes and amen? Hallelujah. I'm thankful for his word this morning because that covers everything. I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't even have to say another word, and we could just go home knowing that he had deposited that into our spirits. But he's given me this this morning. He's told me that I needed to speak to you about being hurt, about being hurt. You know, when you're physically hurt, maybe you have a cut that needs to be stitched, or you might have a broken bone that needs to be set in a cast. He said that's the way we are in our spirits. What if we don't give attention to that cut? Infection sets up, takes a longer time to heal, and sometimes, depending on what it is, it could even cause amputation. Also, with putting our bones in a cast so that they can be properly healed, if you don't straighten those up, you will have that for the rest of your life. So I'll come to you this morning to let you know you don't have to keep this dark place in your life for the rest of your life. Um, number, I'm going to give you four steps this morning in dancing out of your dark place. Number one is, stop pretending and denying your pain. As Christians, so many times we feel like that we have to present an image. That we can do all things through Christ. That's wonderful because we know that's a scripture that we hold on to. And we do look to him as our strength when we're in a weak spot. But we can also, God showed me, use this as an excuse. So don't use it as an excuse to stay where you are. But allow the scripture to become alive in you so that you will be able to know that you can be yourself. There's many times that we don't reflect our inner turmoil and anguish. And there's a time that we have to ask ourselves, why do we feel a need to hold it all together? There's a new song out there, and many of you probably have heard it. It's Hold It All Together. And we are not equipped as human beings to hold these things together. That's when we have to lift it up to him. He's our helper. And we have to lift those things up to him. Besides, how exhausting is it? And how much energy does it take to keep up the facade? It is so exhausting. I've been there and I don't want to do that again. In Daniel 7, there's a verse and it's verse 25 you might want to go back and actually read the the whole uh, chapter of Daniel 7 when you have time in your study time. But verse 25 says, He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Did you hear me? That's the enemy. If there's one thing that keeps resonating in my spirit about the pandemic is that the enemy has come to wear us out. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, but not being able to be connected to our brothers and sisters in the house of God, he has come to try to wear us out. But if we can expose his tactics, then we know how we can use our warfare in order to fight against him and be victorious. Um, And then number one was we were talking about stop pretending and denying your pain. Number two is identify your pain. Identify it. Many times we get so busy just on autopilot in life that we don't stop to think about what's happening. I know I've told our ladies before, if I become real irritable to those that I love, they're closest in my circle, that's a red flag to say that I need rest and I need sleep. Sometimes that's the simple, you know, fix to what we need. Even Jesus did that. Remember, he was asleep on the boat, and they all thought that he, you know, should wake up, but everything was under control. And that's us a lot of times. You know, we need to take a rest. We just need, need to take a beat, so to speak, because we are not equipped there again to handle all of the pressures of life. And sometimes we just need to rest our bodies, and that is according to what he has asked us to do. But you need to stop, rest, and identify what has placed you in your dark place. Be real and vulnerable before God about your feelings, and your confusion. When you do this, it will give you a sense of him entering into your pain. And it's in those secret places that you will find his comfort, his grace, and his mercy. Okay, so if someone came, like say this morning when Isaac came up and gave me the bouquet of flowers, if I had crossed my arm... Then that would have been a sign that I was rejecting the flowers that he gave me. How many times in our spiritual walk is God trying to give us something to make us better, and we're standing here going, I can fix it myself. I know the answer. I don't need you to help me with this. I can, my sister used to be, she was very stubborn by nature, and she would say, My mom would try to get her to let her help her with things when she was a small child. And she had this phrase, I can me. I can me. How many of us are saying that to God? I can do this all by myself. I don't need any help from you. And you know what? We prolong the length of our pain. We prolong our hurt. We prolong all of the things that we're going through because we are not willing to say, Yes, Lord, come into my life. I need you here. I need your comfort. I need your grace. I need your mercy. And always remember that we are not alone. He's with us through it all. It does not matter what it looks like in our human nature. If we can line it up with the Word of God, we know that He is with us through it all. One of my favorite scriptures is John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. If you don't allow God into those lonely places, the enemy actually delights. He gratifies. He gets great gratification and great pleasure out of putting you in a place of aloneness. Because this is where he can work on you the best to wear you down. And I thought about it. You know, in the schools, we hear a lot of campaigns about bullying. How many times do you allow the enemy to bully you? He calls you names by shaming you for your past that's already covered under the blood. There's times that he comes to you to lie to you. I remember a a season that we were in in ministry, we had fought. We were like, God, what is going on? Something don't happen. We're going to have to resign this church. We didn't want to. The kids were rooted and grounded. And I remember it was almost like the enemy. I'd start the church, and it was almost like the enemy was sitting. You know, you hear it's like an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And it was like I would just have to remind myself. I would sing that song, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. I heard a voice from heaven And it said, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. And I would turn on the road the church was on, and I'd just sing that to the top of my lungs, and I'd get in that church, and the enemy was at work. People had allowed him in their lives, and there was disunity, and it was ugly. And I was just like, Lord, how are you going to work this out? And on top of that, the enemy came to me and was saying, he was whispering in my ear, this is the best it's ever going to be. This is the best it's ever going to be. And you know what? I popped up and I said, oh, no, it's not. You're lying to me, Satan, and I want you to know God brought us through so many of those type situations. But you have to stand up to a bully. He don't stop bullying you until you stand up to him and say, okay, I've had enough and I'm not taking any more from you. I know you're lying to me, and I don't want to listen to those lies anymore. Nobody can do that for you but you. If you're waiting for somebody to come along and tell that bully, that old devil, to leave you alone, you've got to do that for yourself. So this morning, I want you to get some grit and backbone. I've heard pastors say that a number of times. Get some grit and backbone and stand up to him, and don't let him push you in a corner and bully you any longer. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And in verse 5, it goes on to say, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself among the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We just got finished, us ladies, doing the Bible study, Battlefield of the Mind. And it was so eye-opening at all of the different tactics that the enemy comes at you. And he, oh, he fought us as leaders about teaching it. We made him so mad because he doesn't want to be exposed. Anytime he can be exposed and you can call what he's doing by name, There you go. There's you a key to getting victory. As long as you kind of tiptoe around whatever he's doing. Oh, you know, devil, leave me alone. Uh, I don't like how you're making me feel. But when you start in saying, okay, this stronghold of fear has got to go. This stronghold of anger has got to go. When you start calling it by name, you gain power over that thing. And then in Romans 12, 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. There again, it's talking about renewing your mind. So that's a real big key to us, staying in our place so that we won't have to Be in the dark places so that we can stay in the place that we need to be. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit more and tie it a little bit more together at the end. But I want to speak on just a little bit. People get really crossways and kind of distracted by saying, oh, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. So this morning we're going to talk about that too. But one of the things here that I see in Romans 12 and 2, it says if we're not conformed to the world and will renew our mind, then that proves what is good and acceptable and perfect will. So we have to do something first. I've, I've talked to people before and they're like, they're hanging on to the last part of the, this, the verse and they don't quite get the first part. And the first part is something we have to do in order for him to meet us and do his part. And so I want you to know that if we line our our lives up with the Word of God, then He will do what He said He would do. But we can't expect Him to do something if we're sitting on our seat of do nothing. You know, we gotta get up and do something for ourselves, or if we're expecting somebody else to come by and do it for us. In the Bible, you know, you you had the the story of the man that was begging alms, you know, and and he was always, you know, he had his can out there. I can just see him, he's got his can out there and he he's shaking it and the coins are rattling. But you know, the thing of it is let's stop rattling our cans before people. Let's let God know that we have the need, and let God be the one to meet our need instead of looking for man to look to do it for us, because He's the only one at the end of the day guys, that can do anything for us. We can't do it, but He can. He can do it. Number three is just be real. God isn't interested in us being a cookie-cutter image that says we've got it all together when we know we don't. Now, how hypocritic is that? We come into the church, somebody says, how are you? Oh, I am, I am doing good. You know, God is good all the time. You hear that? Yes, he is good all the time. But I ask, how are you doing? What are you dealing with? What is it that I can come into agreement in prayer with you so that you don't have to live a life of bondage, a life of confusion, a life of of fear, and all the things that the enemy tries to, to throw at us. But he doesn't want us to present ourselves as strong when we know full well we're not. He always knows. How about that? He always knows if we're good or if we're dealing with something. God wants wants us to worship him and in spirit and in truth and some of the most intimate times that you can have with the Lord are during your times of anguish, deep pain, and confusion. But if you don't ever invite him into it, then you're still going to be dealing with it on your own. This place is where we offer him all of the hidden parts of us, how many of us just say, okay, God, I want you to take this, but I'm going to keep this. Lord, you can do this corner of my heart, but I'm going to keep this part of my heart. But when we totally, there's, oh, a freedom. If you don't know that freedom this morning, I want you to ask him for it. There is a freedom that supersedes anything that man can ever do for us when you are at a point of full and total surrender before him and tell him, you know, God, I know these places are hurting and I know it may hurt even more. Pastor did a sermon a few weeks ago and he said, he was talking about his gimp leg. You know, he was kind of dragging it across the front. He said, sometimes it hurts worse to have it fixed than it does to keep limping. And this morning, if if you are already hurting, I would say, what's the point in keeping on hurting? Let him know you're hurting and give that up to him and surrender to that this morning. Um, And then also, um, this place is where we offer him the hidden parts. And then it is okay to be real. I'm going to give you permission this morning. If no one's ever told you that. We're in the church this morning, and so many people are like, well, you got to hold it all together. you got to be, you know, can't be transparent, can't show people and tell them where you're hurting, where where your real help is with your brothers and sisters coming into agreement before the Lord. You need to hold it all together by yourself. But we need to offer him those places, and it does not diminish your faith or love of God to express your pain. Let me say that again. It does not diminish your faith or your love in God to express your pain. Sometimes, you know, you hear even like people that are, say, for instance, that they're alcoholics. The first step to them becoming clean is for them to admit that they're an alcoholic. Why can't we in the church admit that we have a problem? that we have a need. If we say we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, take a risk and go to a brother or sister when you are dealing with something, not to talk about it, not to gossip about it, but to genuinely say, hey, I'm hurting. I need you in my corner. I need you. I'm not strong enough right now within myself to fight against the bully. I need a posse I need a group of people to go with me so that we can defeat the bullying enemy. We need that. We need that back in the church this morning. I don't want us, not one of us, to struggle with anything alone because that gives the enemy too much territory. We can't do that. So we need to be authentic, invite the Lord and our brothers and sisters into our pain so that they can minister to us. Being God's child doesn't mean we can't struggle or suffer. In fact, there is a case and a scripture in the Bible that says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, that is why for Christ I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that tells us right there that we're going to be buffeted even more so than the average normal person is. And then number four is change your perspective. What is perspective, you might say? It is a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. It's your point of view about something. Okay, I have this little example for you. I want you to think about it a minute. Say, for instance, we have a picture hanging over here on the wall and it's crooked. Or maybe the picture in it has faded. Or maybe it's outdated. Are you just going to keep letting it hang on the wall as it is? Or are you going to go straighten the frame or even possibly take the frame off the wall and replace the picture? Some of us need to do that in our spiritual lives today. We need to reframe our pain. If you don't like the way it looks, then it's up to you to do something about it. Your perspective can change the size of your mountain of pain, which in in turn will determine your ability to stand taller than your mountain of pain. This pain is temporary and is for a greater purpose than what your human mind can wrap itself around. Just as I mentioned earlier, with physical pain, broken bones or cuts, that type of thing, once you treat it, healing comes. But if you don't, then infection sets in. It costs a lot longer time period for it to heal. And then sometimes you even lose that particular area of your body. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts so how many of these scriptures are dealing with renewing and our, renewing our minds and our thoughts That's where it begins this morning. That's where it begins with us being healed, is that we have to get our thoughts and our minds lined up with the word of the Lord so that we can become healed. And lastly, um, we've gone over, number one was stop pretending and denying your pain. Two was identify it. Three is just be real. And four is change your perspective. So I wanted to say this to you. You might be asking this morning, what is God's will for me? I'm going to read this scripture and I want you to listen closely because if you will, God is going to speak to you and give you direction this morning. Isaiah 61, 1-3 says... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath appointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That is our will, brothers and sisters, this morning. That is the will of our Father for us. If you're not living your best life, John 10.10 says that he comes to give us life abundantly. And I know we walk through seasons, we all do. But if you ask yourself that one question this morning, am I living my best life? If your answer is no, then I would invite you this morning to surrender everything to him. Even those places that maybe you think you have surrendered and maybe taken back from him. But this morning is a a time of complete surrender. We don't have time. We don't have the luxury of time. We must be about our Father's business because the harvest is plenty. Pastor Tyler, if you could come this morning, he's going to uh, do a song for us this morning. And while he's doing that song, I want you to search your hearts this morning. And I know this has been a real simple word this morning. More, more scriptures than probably anything, but you know, that's what, what sets us free. And and that's what we, what we actually use as our tactic of war against the enemy. And so, I want you to know that if you're not reading and studying your word daily, or even more than once daily, all day long, if you're not picking your word up and you're not studying it, you're doing a great disservice to yourself because you don't have what it you need to stay out of your dark place. And you can't blame anybody but yourself. Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture.